0: this this, this is straight 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 out of crumpton with your host greg crumpton
1: hello everyone and welcome to another episode of straight out of crumpton i'm your host tyler kern thanks so much for joining us for another episode of the show joining me as always is co-host legend himself mr greg crumpton greg how are you today sir
0: well tyler i'm i'm First of all, embarrassed that you just said uh, something about being famous or something. So <laughs> I, it, it took me it took me back a moment. But no, I, I'm uh, I'm super pumped this week. I've had a whole week of HBAC folks because uh, we had our big annual meeting uh, mm-hmm. for Service Logic this week. So I've been down there with us folks and you know, when you're around people, like-minded people, you just come away. I mean, I freaking wrote, I don't know, 10 pages worth of notes in our meetings. Just, you know, as ideas come about and you learn something about a company you didn't know. So just really, really good. And then uh, got home yesterday knowing that we're going to talk to another HVAC, soon to be legend, um, (laughs) on the podcast this morning. It was just really fun to get up and get going so how about you man what's cooking in dallas texas
1: everything and everyone is cooking uh literally right (laughs) yeah in in texas but uh, luckily we have HVAC professionals such as yourself and our guests today keeping us cool so uh you know we 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 still make it but uh you know it's dallas it's the end of september as we record this and it's still going to be like 99 today so you know you just like we said, you, you roll with whatever you get, and uh, you know we're going to make the best of it. You can still go to the pool this weekend in, in, in Dallas, and so that's a, that's a big plus. Um, there you go. But Greg, let's welcome our guest onto the program today. She uh, definitely has a larger social media following than either of us, and so uh, hopefully she can make our podcast a little more famous. Uh, her name is Jessica Banister, but she goes by HVAC Jess on social media. Jessica, welcome.
2: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Well, Jess, I'm going to tell you what, I've been anticipating this this moment. I uh, really enjoy watching your stuff online and seeing what you're doing as a, a lady in the skilled trades. Uh, it's just so cool for me. I'm, I'm such an advocate to, to see our trade evolve as it should. And young ladies like you that are out there making a difference, both you know, on the tools, as the Canadians like to say, as well as on social so i think you're doing a great job of of balancing uh or or blending is probably a better word of those two worlds but uh why don't you kick us off and tell us a little bit about what you do why you do it um your funky uh accent as tyler described (laughs) no he didn't say funky i didn't say funky. yes at all (laughs) yeah we want to learn about uh your your history and how you came to uh to do what you do so give us a little uh, a little uh, flash of you
2: all right here's my story so I was born and raised in South Africa I moved to Canada to Vancouver about 22 years ago with my family um, my dad has always been in HVAC he in fact was an apprentice for his dad back in the 70s so I'm technically a third generation HVAC mechanic, which is really cool. Yeah. So so we moved to Canada. My dad started his own business. And my brother, who is five years younger than me, followed in his footsteps. He he went into HVAC right after high school. Uh, But for me, it was never considered um, a career option for me. I never thought to ask my dad, hey, can I go out with you and see what you do? And he never approached me and said, hey, Jess, do you want to see what I do to see if you like it? It right. was just never even a consideration for us because I really think I'd never seen a lady do what my dad did. I'd never seen a lady doing what he did. Yeah. And I really, truly believe that if I had seen that, if I'd seen a lady doing what my dad did, if there was re- representation, I may have considered the same career that my brother chose. Mm. And so now I am in my late 30s. This is my second career now, and I'm still an apprentice. And now I advocate very strongly for other women choosing second careers or girls choosing first careers to consider an option, uh, to consider a career in the skilled trades, whether it's HVAC or electrical or whatever it is. And whether they pursue that career or not is irrelevant. But if they consider it, that's really important to me.
0: No, I, th- I think that's so cool, though, because, you know, I'm I'm also a multi-generational uh, worker, HBC uh, guy. And, um, you know, from a very early age, I, I was with my dad. You know, if, if I had a day out, out of school or one of my thousands of days that I faked an illness where I could go <laughs> to work with him, um, which was kind of difficult because my mom was a nurse, so you, she could usually call BS on that. But anyway, <laughs> point being, it was natural for me and for my dad to to automatically like yeah he the, the kid gets the business he likes the business it wasn't weird but my sister you know uh she's a little bit older than i am but i don't think there was ever the when she was out of school i don't think he ever thought well i, I could take her to work today as opposed to finding you know somewhere for her to stay if if, if there was need so i think that that awareness like you just pointed out is huge
2: 100% and i think our our school system and our parents are still pushing for the college or university route and not the skilled trades and i and i think that's a stigma or some kind of like ideas that have just been here forever and it's time for them to change because they're they're not true anymore
0: well you know we we've had a lot of folks on the the podcast and we talk about skilled trades a lot and we also talk about uh, the the primary drivers for us are are the relationships and how you wind up in skill trades or how your relationships affect you as you're maturing through the trades or or through life for that matter. And um, it, it's you're so right in that um, it, it is becoming. I, I I hope we're stemming the tide of the four year only mindset. I think we are. I hear more and more people talk. I I was at a trade uh, school recently. The the, uh, department lead could not say enough good about the incoming class. So um, as far as them being excited about the industry, the trade. So I, I I hope that we have at least cracked the, the, the ice, you know, maybe we haven't gone through it as an icebreaker yet, but we're, we're starting to penetrate. But, um, now keep going I, I just the, these things come to my mind while you're talking it's so exciting that you know maybe we are stemming uh, that hundred percent only mentality toward college
2: yeah, I think the I think the conversation is definitely shifting, which is really great so when I had an opportunity to work for my family's business, I went into the office, which is where my skills lay. I was there for about nine months when I realized you know I don't I don't have a really good grasp of the words, the HVAC jargon. I didn't, mm-hmm. it's embarrassing to say now because I know better, but I didn't know the difference between a capacitor or a compressor or a condenser or a capillary or, you know, all of these words. They sound sort of similar. And I had no idea why one cost so much more and one took so long to install where another one didn't. And not only that, my dad and my brother would come back from their days out in the field with tales of their adventures, these, people they had met and problems they'd solved and interesting things they'd seen. And I was like, why am I sitting here behind the desk all day when they have all these fun adventures? So I asked my dad if I could go on some ride-alongs with them just to sort of put some faces to names and, and things like that. And I found myself out of the office more than I was in the office. I would squirrel mm. away my admin and my bookkeeping and I would do it in the evenings and weekends, which I still do. And I I decided if I was going to be putting so much time out in the field, why not do a proper official um, apprenticeship so that when my brother and I take over my dad's business eventually, that we would have two qualified people instead of just one.
0: So is is your trade, is HVAC in Vancouver, is that a red seal trade?
2: It is, yeah. So it's it's officially a four-year trade uh, apprenticeship. And um, I think it's probably going to take me a total of five or six years just because I'm still doing the admin side of the business. Right. Yeah, I'm not right. full, full, full time. And I have to accumulate over 7,200 hours for my apprenticeship. So I'm halfway there already. So I'm getting there.
0: Well, Jessica, I was talking to some folks this week at our, at our big meeting I was talking about and you know, we too, uh, we have 44 companies around the country and all those companies are mechanical service companies and they all suffer, uh, in, in one way or the other, the similar thing, they have a group of administrative pros and they are good. They are really, really, really good. But to your point, what's the difference in, in a capacitor and a compressor, you know, because there's no field of reference for them. And, um, one thing that when, when I used to own my company years ago, um, we had these things we called a day in the life where we would invite the office uh, folks, male or female, it didn't matter, to go out and spend a day or whatever in the service truck with the technician. And then that gave them such a better definition in their head of, of what was taking place, the whole composition of the day, the traffic, the ladder, the holy crap, I forgot that one part in the <laughs> truck I got to walk a <laughs> block back for, her. all of that. And then uh, the, the uh, justification of that, we, we did a live, a day in the life for the technician to come into the office. And, uh, work on invoicing, work on credit card reconciliation, all the stuff that drives the admin pros crazy that the technicians don't get because everybody's doing their own thing and they're doing it to the best of their ability. Not many people wake up in the morning saying, Hey, I'm going to screw the man today. You know, (laughs) I mean, most people wake up with the intention of doing well and everybody has their strengths and weaknesses, what have you, but. I found and and I think other uh, certainly others have found by having that awareness and the exposure that to to your point, you know, you are now a better admin because you've spent time in the field. You're also a better technician because you spend time in the office and having the appreciation uh, of what the others have to do with the mess you create one way or the other. And the mess can be. You turn in a bunch of crappy invoices that no one can read or you, you know, have two technicians passing on the highway because they should have caught the service calls on either end of the highway as opposed to passing in the middle. All of that is just such an awareness. And, and you know, I, I love the fact that you're able to do both and you had the, the real life side of, of, of both. So congrats for being able to be bifurcated.
2: <laughs> Thank you. Yes, that, that is such an important point. I really do think that if you're able to provide that, you know, different uh, change in scenery to get an appreciation, because, you know, sometimes even the same job, like a compressor change, you're doing two different invoices for the same job. Why does one take so long? And why does one do not take that long? And then you realize that the one location, the roof is maybe, you know, you got to walk all along the roof. You got to carry all, all your supplies and equipment. And by the time you just like situated yourself and you're ready to do your job, you're like, you're pooped. <laughs> right. Now you still get to do your job and then carry everything back across the roof and down the ladder. And, and maybe the second job is on the ground floor or whatever right. the case, but you just have no idea. And sometimes I would give, my dad and my brother a hard time and be like, you know, you took you took two extra hours on this job. What the heck? And <laughs> and they would try to explain to me. And I'm like, sure, words mean nothing. But when I see it and I'm actually carrying the stuff and I'm carrying the refrigerant tanks and everything, I'm like, okay, I, I get it. And I appreciate what you guys do now.
0: Yeah. And think about some little bitty thing like uh, the roof was locked and the guy who had the key wasn't there. 100%. and hundred percent. You're, you're on the phone with 45 minutes trying to find somebody with a key, you know. Yeah. Well, there goes your productivity, you know. So anyway, that, those are life, uh, day in the life kind of experiences that I think make us all better for sure. Definitely. Um, so tell us a little bit about the HVAC just side of your world and, and you know, what, what are your what would you like to see develop from, from your efforts on social? I mean, what do you, what do you, what's the intent? What do you want to do?
2: So the intent at the end of the day, what I really want to do is inspire and educate people. Two things. I think people don't really have an awareness of what HVAC is. Um, They don't really care about it until it's not working. (laughs) And, and just like I was saying about carrying all that stuff onto the roof and, Sometimes the simplest job is so difficult and I want to open the the doors to that. I want to, I want people to be able to see into our industry and be like, wow, that's really tough. Like they have to do, they have to go through that just, you know, so I want to open the doors to that because I think people just don't have any idea about it. And then, but the primary reason is I really want to inspire other people, not only girls and, and women, but guys as well that are choosing a career Coming out of school, to consider the the skilled trades, I want to inspire them and I want to show them that, you know, our our jobs are interesting, they're challenging, they're lucrative, and they're a great option.
0: All of those points are are so true, and and you know, I go back to the lucrative part. You know, you're able to get. And build a career with no debt, you know, in so many cases, or or limited debt, maybe in the worst case. But yeah, that's that's I love those points.
2: And even and further to that, your career as an like an HVAC person, it can evolve with you as you evolve too. You don't have to be on the tools forever. But you know, maybe if you choose to go into sales or in some kind of a support role, you've got that knowledge and stuff behind you. So when when I'm an old lady, when I'm my dad's age, I'm not probably going to be climbing up ladders like he still is, but I can still stay in the HVAC industry, which is fascinating and changing all the time. It's it's evolving as well. So it's just a great career.
0: And I'm as passionate as you are about it. I mean, I'll, I I absolutely love what, what we get to do collectively and we do different things, but we're doing it together separately, if you know what I mean. Um, so a couple of things, uh, a lot of talk, in my world about career development, not just a career beginning. So you have uh, really smart folks that are coming into the trade and they excel at the trade. It's up to us and and up to leadership in general, uh, whether you're mentoring or whether you're a company owner or or a, a manager within a company, we have to make sure that we keep folks engaged and knowing that there's more to do. Yeah. Um, You know, over my career, which is 40 years now it being in this industry, I, I've seen the plateau get a lot of people stuck. You know, they do really well and they get to a certain point and life begins to take over instead of their career. And um, they quit going to uh, additional educational courses. They're not investing in themselves. Therefore the companies don't invest in them because they see you know uh, this this technician as a a B or you know a, a B level mechanic who they don't see striving for more and and the human nature i think whether you're you know Tyler running his business in in the digital world or our business you're always looking for the person with the sparkle in their eye and a bounce in their step to uh, try to help them get to where they want to be. Our industry is chocked full of people who are really, really good at what they do, but the spark has left them, and they're they're plateaued. I think it's super important. And, and a friend of mine, who I'm lucky enough to get to work with, Eric Bolin, uh, he's got this really cool job for us, working for Service Logic, my day job where he's building a talent development program uh, so that we keep people engaged and allow them a career path because we're half union and half non-union. And I think the union shops do a better job of career development. And that's a broad statement. And there's many, many instances where that's not a, a definitive answer. But overall, there seems to be more career route. Uh, through further education. But Eric's, Eric has built a program to where we're keeping people, uh, we're keeping opportunities in front of people to where they can keep growing. And, you know, half of the equation, and, and Jessica, you know this as well as anyone from from being office and field, it, it's not just the technical skills, it's the soft skills. It's how you talk to the customer. How do you inform the customer? How do you listen Empathetic, you know all of the keys that go into the soft side of the program, which is the more the humanitarian side. So we're we're able to to offer that now. We've got soft skills courses for technicians, and it's just so so vital that we continue to think of how to keep people engaged in a way that they want to be engaged. You know, you 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 take a a guy who's been in the industry for twenty years. And you send him to a one week OEM class every other year. That's probably not going to keep him super excited. Yeah. But if you do that and, and, and then you supplement it with things he or she can do at home on their own time and continue to learn in between these, these true OEM type or, you know, whatever kind of you go away for training type deals. I just think it's a little more um I, I i don't i think it's more rewarding it gives them a more of a chance to stay engaged so Absolutely. we're we're really excited by that um so I, and I'm, I'm i'm saying all that too. how do you see the future developing and you're uh you know you're you're 20 years younger than i am so how does your generation how do you see keeping people with that continuity for education, continuity for relationships, you know, going forward, what was, what, what do you see out there on the horizon?
2: Well, I think it's already started and it's to do with social media. Um, you know, I'm very active in social media, but there's, there's like a community that we've formed and we've, we formed these relationships and friendships with people that are doing the same things that we're doing and what's really cool about it is you do see these guys that have been in the industry for 20 odd years and they've now shown up on Instagram or wherever they are on social media and they're showing off their workmanship and they have so much pride and passion for for showing off what they've done. And I really think that that's elevating our entire industry. The guys that maybe don't have that kind of um, passion or workmanship yet, they see these guys on social media posting what they're doing showing you know having so much pride and then it's like oh well if they're doing that maybe I should elevate them too and and I've been really lucky to have a very unique experience recently where I went to Toronto for a conference a hydronics conference and I got to meet with these people I got to meet these people face to face these people that I've had relationships with for these past few years but not only that, we got to work together side by side. We got to actually physically our hands dirty, we were working with pipes and and it was such a really cool experience
0: and what 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 was that? what took you there uh, 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 education or or what were you doing?
2: Yeah, so it was a bit of edu- education, but also um it was for sort of an influencer sort of. What we were doing, we were building um, boiler boards live at the Modern Hydronics Conference. Oh, cool. And in and, and so what we were doing there, we were creating content of us making these boards um, to show companies that the way that they're doing marketing is changing. Instead of doing, you know, the regular print ads in your magazines and newspapers, and we're shifting it to more influencer marketing right. where if you have a guy or a, like even a team of influencers that are using your products and endorsing your stuff, it's so much more powerful than having an ad in a magazine. And Absolutely. so we were trying to uh, portray this to manufacturers to say, hey, you guys should shift your focus or your funding even to be more, you know, w- with the changing times. This is how how things are changing. So that's what took me there. Um And I was very lucky to be included in that set of influencers. But I really do think that social media is taking our industry to the next level. And that's going to be the future for us as well.
0: I couldn't agree any more with what's going on with with the digital and the social piece. And and I'm a little bit older um, of a demographic who believes that to be true, I believe. Um, You know, I'm... um, I'm still of the peer group that thinks that print and, and, you know, trade show booths are the only way to go. And, you know, I follow you guys. I follow the Gary McCready's and, and, you know, Jamie McMillan, who is all of these are Canadian folks, which I'm, I'm trying to get more US people <laughs> to do this, but uh, there are, there definitely are some, but uh, it's so uh, impactful. To your point, to where when you guys uh, are building trainers, so to speak, in real time, and you're able to talk while you're doing the work and people can see the the, the relationship side, you're, you're having fun, you're talking with your peers, and you're demonstrating what you were set out to do, which was to build you know the pieces. And I saw that um, I was in Ann Arbor, Michigan, I guess a month ago now. And it was for the United Association Apprenticeship Competition. And uh, it was really fun to see the apprentices working, you know, in different stations. They had a plumbing station, HVAC, what have you. But there was no live feed going on. And I was a little bit disappointed because I felt like that was a great opportunity uh, to do, you know, uh, LinkedIn Live or Facebook Live, whatever, uh, or at least record it. And there may have been, I, I don't want to say the UA didn't do it, but there, none of my feeds were telling me that it was live. Yeah. And um, I thought that was a great opportunity. So I want to make sure next year that I, I say to them, hey, let's make sure that you guys are aware that this is a thing that, you know, the people that we're trying to attract are doing, you know. Exactly. And there's so many young young guys that uh, I enjoy watching and, and uh, young young men and women, um, you know, whether we, we've had so many young ladies on here, Jessica, that that it's really fascinating whether they're a millwright, whether they're a welder. Um, I mean, it's just been fun to see the evolution of what's going on with the gender uh, neutrality taking place. And um so I'm, I'm reading a book right now. It's pretty cool. It, it's called The Sisterhood, and it's about workplace biases. And, um, I, 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 you know, you're not supposed to use yourself as a benchmark for anything because you either wind up loving or hating yourself more, whichever way you tend to, to bend. But some of the things that that book have, have shown me, our industry's doing well. And we're just not doing enough of it. So I'm excited that, uh, you know, we're, we're able to help showcase a little bit. You know, we I think what are we up to, Tyler? Twenty seven million followers. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true, <laughs> Jessica. Um, I was like, wow. <laughs> somewhere short of that number. But you know, for, for us, you know, just having the conversations uh, to alert people that this is this is coming and yeah. we should embrace it fully. So that's fun uh, to see how you envision it, uh, because it helps quite honestly, helps guide me of how I can help, uh, you know, with that, because we have so we have 4000 people work in my company working in the field uh, through uh, service techs, pipe fitters, sheet metal controls, you know, you name it. We've got them. What are we doing to promote that? You know, not enough. That's the answer. So thank you for for that insight that's big. So Tyler you you're you're sitting there soaking this up. I'm watching you and you've got your your definitely inquisitive look going today. So maybe it's <laughs> Friday or maybe you're super stoked, but
1: how is this landing on you? So the question I would like to ask is has it ever been discouraging or um did you ever have second thoughts about starting a second career kind of at the age that you did, right? Uh, I think about myself, I'm 35, and the idea of starting something new to me uh, scares the heck out of me. Right. <laughs> um, so I, am I'm, I'm curious about your thoughts on that. Cause that's, that's such a massive step to take. And, yeah. um, you seem to do it with so much confidence, but, uh, <laughs> I think anybody would forgive you if there were times where you thought, is this really the right decision like, at this point in my life to, to make this sort of change? So I'm, I'm just curious a, about your thoughts on that.
2: That's an interesting question. And I would probably say that when I was, so I, before I came into HVAC, I was in corporate finance. Mm-hmm. And although I had a really good job and a really great um, boss and everything, I never felt for fulfilled. Like there was mm-hmm. always some kind of yearning there. And so when I had an opportunity to work for my family's business, I jumped on it and and trying this new trade, this this career, I jumped on it. I will admit, Tyler, that I have days when I'm like, I'll be 40 next year and I wish I was further in my career than I am now. Like I wish I had a little bit more independence and, um, confidence. I know you say (laughs) I have confidence, but I don't (laughs) all the time. (laughs) And, um, so yes, I, sometimes I feel like, what am I doing? Especially because my, uh, apprenticeship is taking a little bit longer than it typically does. Sure. So definitely have that feeling but at the same time i know that i'm working towards something that's going to be even better for me and as long as that takes i'm just trying to enjoy the journey rather than get to that destination because i've heard recently from many journeymen that the adventure or the learning only starts once you're qualified
0: Hmm. so So, (laughs) i would i would concur with that um you know there there's so much to learn as an apprentice, you, you have a lot of first times you Mm -hmm. do this for the first time or that for the first time, but after 7,200 hours, um, and if you read the book, the outliers by Malcolm Gladwell, Mm -hmm. if you haven't, I encourage many people to read that book, but once you hit that 72, 75, 10,000 hours, you become very proficient at what you're doing. And you're not so flabbergasted or shocked or whatever, overwhelmed by the first time of blank. Because it's just like flying. You know, once you fly, you have flown. And the second time, it's not nearly as traumatic or, or, you know, whatever feelings you have. And same thing going through within the trade. You know, your, your first time to replace an 06E Carlisle compressor. Um, could be a little overwhelming because it's the size of a full blown car engine. <clears throat> but the second time it's like it's a freaking compressor. You know, you you kind of you you write size it in your in your mind. And um was that your cat?
2: Yes, you heard her. That
0: was so cool. Because I'm looking no. at a dog walking down the street. So that oh, no. that was fun. Hey, welcome, welcome to our life. We, we, are real people here, but I, I really think that, um, you know, the, the, the journeymen that you're talking to are spot on because you get to have fun then instead of being a little bit worried, you know what yeah. I mean? Like your, yeah. your confidence level and you, you do pre- present yourself very confidently. So you, you don't come off as in on what would be the word lacking confidence. Like you think <laughs> you do, but, um, it really uh I'm excited for you because I remember when I turned out is what we called it, it turned out of apprenticeship. Um, it really did take off because there's so much out there and you get to go do more. You know, mm-hmm. you, you have that vote of confidence from your from your, you know, red seal for you. And people are like, Okay, she's got it. And then bam, off you go. So that's exciting. Good for you.
2: I'm excited.
0: <laughs> Jessica, thinking about the social media piece, um, what can we do as a group to like broaden the the viewership? What what do you think about when, okay, you've got a piece you want to post? Mm-hmm. And I, I struggle with this a lot because I think about it a lot, because I want to help more. But what are your findings? And you know, we we all post stuff and then we look at how it does, who who's mm-hmm. looking at it what resonated with people. And then once you find something that resonates, of course you wonder why. And I find, you know, it's more the people centric part of the stories that do well, as opposed to just a educational piece or a problem solved piece. Do do you see that as well with your age group? Is it more people centric?
2: hundred percent, yeah. I think it's that whole no like and trust thing that you learn about in sales where, the more that you see the actual person and their personality and what they're doing in their day to day, the more you kind of get to like them and you want to see more what they're doing. And then you turn to trust and you know that they are experts in what they're doing. And and that turns into that influence, that influencing part where, you know, some if I'm holding up a tool or wearing certain work pants or whatever, people want to use the same things that I'm using because, I'm an expert because they trust me because they know me and they like me. So I really do think that it's, it also depends on what you want to put out there as well, right? Because social media can be all consuming and it depends on how much you're willing to put out there into the world as well. I put a lot out. I like to have a balance of work and life. Mm -hmm. Um, And, but that's just what I've chosen to do, but not everyone likes to put themselves out there like that. And, but I, I think it's important, especially if you're trying to build like a personal brand. You want people to get to know you.
0: Now, do you have any endorsements? Like, do you use tools that certain people send you to showcase? Do you do yeah. you have those? Okay.
2: Yes, I have a, a number of those.
0: Would you like to mention them here?
2: Sure. <laughs> so, I probably the biggest one would be um, Subco.
0: Okay. Which yeah, yeah does
2: a lot of um, HVAC parts. Um, I've used supply. those
0: guys for years.
2: Yeah. Yeah, you know them. (laughs) Yeah, no doubt. Uh, My workwear is all Hallie Henson workwear. They have an excellent women's line that is just excellent. And I've been approached by other work where companies that don't offer a women's line Mm -hmm. and, and they're like, Oh, just use our men's soul. And I'm like, not really interested in that because I've got a great woman's line already.
0: So. Yeah. That would be kind of silly. And you know, our friend, uh, Abby Ferry, uh, she's a safety professional and actually Abby and her team are going to be with, with me in a couple of, uh, in a week, actually, Um, or two weeks in uh, Houston, they're coming for a seminar that we're hosting and abby's uh i remember this so well we were meeting her up in uh in uh, minnesota and her her thing. and I, it took me a minute to click but it was uh make it pink or, or pink and shrink so <laughs> if you take men's clothing and make it pink and shrink it it's supposed to be womanized and yeah. it's not anywhere close you know i mean she she's modeled some pieces before and um you know, it's a freaking different body. I mean, Jesus, I'd be like, I remember one time, this is so funny. I went to a baseball game in, in Pensacola, Florida. It was in the spring, so it's kind of cold and drizzly. And I remember going into the uh the uh pro or the the stadium shop where you could get the paraphernalia for the, the team. And the only thing they had left was a women's wind shirt. And it was, you know, a zipper neck, three-quarters zip thing. And I remember it fits so weird because it was, it was was like a bell shaped and my body did not fit it. And I remember thinking right then, no wonder women hate wearing guys clothes because they don't freaking fit. And then I heard, uh, you know, Abby talk about it. And then here you're talking about, uh, you know, specifically designed for you guys for, for ladies. And I mean, that seems crazy. The guy would say, "Just wear our small nins.
2: Well, and sometimes, like in a, in some circumstances, like if I'm working in a factory and they've got conveyor belts and everything, and if I say my safety vest is my brother's, like it's an extra large, mm-hmm. that thing it's flapping and like it it's, it could be dangerous. Yeah. So it's important for us to have stuff that fits us properly. And even our gloves, I have very small hands, and I had a hard time finding work gloves because the fingertips would just be like, I wouldn't be able to use them. And I was actually approached by a glove company that's supplied me with extra small gloves that I have a lot of dexterity in my fingers and I can use them properly. And it's so important. And I I think a lot of people don't even consider it like you were saying.
0: Well, you know, I I spend part of my day job in doing uh, safety uh, and that's important for our company. And PPE is only as good it's only good if you wear it. Exactly. And if you're wearing gloves that are oversized and, and they don't fit and you have no dexterity, you're going to take them off and then you're going to get cut, you know, exactly. easier. So uh, the, the, even down the safety glasses, people have to realize that proper fit is only going to lead to proper function because if you don't wear them, you, you're doing no good. So...
2: I had a pair of safety glasses. They were just too big for my face. And every time I put my head down, they would fall. And I was constantly pushing them up. And I eventually I took them off. I'm like, this is ridiculous. I can't wear these. And exactly that. I I needed them, but I wouldn't wear them.
0: Well, I think it's really uh, interesting. And we've got a a fellow that works for us. His name's Troy Danko. Uh, He's down in the uh, coastal North Carolina area near Wilmington, North Carolina. And and Troy's one of the guys. He gets tools sent to him by tool companies to use on the job and then he does a good job of promoting. Um, I just think that's really cool because I would have been a great uh I would have been that guy, you know, back in the day. <laughs> um, whether Subco you missed out on Crumpton for 30 years ago, but um, <laughs> you know, those names, you know, Bob Baker, he's a plumber uh, up, up in Canada. You, you, do you ever follow Baker? Bob Baker? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So he's all about the rigid tools, you know. Yes. And, um, there's just certain people that you associate with certain brands and you can't buy. I mean, Rigid does a fantastic job of advertising. You know, I've got a rigid hat hanging in here in my office. Uh, Cause it, and um, they do a great job in print, but they also have super duper quality tools. So that to me is the balance. You know, what do you support? Are you supporting it to get your own recognition? But I can't sacrifice my endorsement of something that's crap. You know, you you've got to have the endorsement, and it's got to be a quality piece. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the brands you just talked about are super quality and, and that's so cool that they reach out to you like that. Um, you know, maybe one day a blue microphone styler could come through for us since we're, you know, we're 27 thing. million listeners, yeah. you know, that's an influencing You're crowd almost, right there. Almost there. But- yeah. Well, Jessica, we, I know we're wrapping up on, or coming up on our time and I want to be respectful because you've got a, you've got a busy morning. I'm sure it's you're seven 750 a.m. out there. So I know That's you've right. got a lot to do today, but thank you for, <laughs> uh, thank you for getting up today with us and, and sharing a little bit of your story. Uh, very proud to know you and, uh, very proud to follow you and, and, uh, see what you're doing for the industry. It's really cool. And so thank you for what you're doing.
2: Well, thank you so much for having me. And I, I, think podcasts like this are really also helping to open the doors and um and and get more people in the trades.
0: Well, that's what it's about. And and you know, I think you you kind of go with that quality over quantity. And then once you get the groundswell, you know, it's a lot easier to get the quantity if you start yes. with quality. So, um, definitely think that uh, that's worthwhile so Tyler what do you think bud let's wrap this thing up it was
1: a great episode fantastic conversation and loved every second of it so Jessica thank you again so much for joining us here today and um and telling us a little bit more about your story and um and everything you're doing it's uh it's fantastic and um everyone make sure to go support Jessica and follow her on social media HVAC Jess uh again is where you can follow her Jessica thank you again for joining us today
2: thank you so much guys I had a great time
1: Absolutely, absolutely, Greg. Another episode in the books. Uh, you were muted if you were uh, about to talk, so I'm just going to warn you there before we run into any other issues. But uh, another fantastic episode uh, of Straight Out of Crumpton in the books with another amazing guest.
0: So, Jessica, really do appreciate it, and and Tyler, you know, to your point, it, it it's so freaking. Uplifting to hear these things that are going on with, with yeah. the industry and our our folks and and you know we just th- this is so much more about the people and the people just happen to be in our HVAC world but mm-hmm. I think we're we're getting that that groundswell of quality people that are really pushing it and I can't wait to to see what uh, what you do and and just to continue to follow along so. Uh, we'll be watching and listening and uh, you keep up the good work. And if we can help, please let, let Tyler or me know and how we could do anything to help you guys out there and just keep it real and keep it going.
2: Sounds really good. we got to work
0: together. No doubt.
1: Absolutely. Well, Jessica, thank you again. And Greg, thank you as well. And everyone out there, thank you for listening to another episode of Straight of Crumpton. We'll be back soon with more fantastic conversations, just like this one. But for this episode today, for our guests, Jessica Bannister and Greg Crumpton himself, I'm Tyler Kern. We'll talk to you next time.